EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we are happy to feature Brad Merrill as our musical guest, plus special guest actor Joe Bardalis. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, I have been accepted to an Ivy Leaf College of my dreams. Obviously, I can't wait to go to this school, meet new people in my dorm, and go to parties, since I have worked so hard to get to the stage of independence in my life. Here's my problem. My parents are thrilled, too. So much so, they want to sell their home in Florida and move to a townhouse near my university up north. They insist I live with them and just commute. I have been waiting for liberation to come for years, and now it seems my years of incarceration have been extended. Frankly, I don't know what to do, Granny Etta. Even if I cry and throw a tantrum, I don't have much to say because they are footing the bill. They actually told me this. What do I do? Am I wrong to go to live in a dorm freshman year? <sighs> Signed, held a prisoner. Dear prisoner, how delightful. Being accepted to an Ivy League school and having the parents follow you. My advice is to have a family counselor or a counselor from the college talk to your parents about the dormitories when you visit the campus. Perhaps getting advice from an adult would convince them to give you more length on your leash. This is a time to explore the young woman you are and having the space for discovery. However, with independence comes responsibility. Certainly, you need to be careful by not going out alone or staying out too late, using protection if you are mentally ready, and, of course, abstaining from drink or drugs. 
Your parents are not wardens. They love you. But they have to be weaned off you slowly, setting you free. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Hi, this is Mr. Crank. And you know what's causing me heartache and misery this week? Fall. Yeah, that's right. Fall. Autumn. Harvest season. Fall. Whatever you want to call it, I hate it. What? How can you hate fall, Mr. Crank? It's beautiful. The leaves are turning color. The terrible heat of summer is gone. Come on, let's go for a walk in the woods and experience the beauty of fall. I don't have time. I have to rake the leaves and change the furnace filters and put up the storm windows. Chill, Mr. Crank. You're forgetting cider and donuts on a crisp October afternoon. The mystery of the corn maze. Children laughing as they're jumping into piles of leaves. Yeah? Who do you think had to rake up all those leaves into that pile in the first place? And who has to rake them into piles again after the kids jump into them all day? My work is never done. What about Halloween? Don't you love seeing the cute little kids in their darling costumes asking for treats? Of course not. Greedy little munchkins begging for candy and then trashing the place when they don't get enough. Wow, Mr. Crank, you're really in a snit about fall. I guess I know where not to send my kids this Halloween. And the kids aren't the only greedy ones showing up begging for handouts. Greetings, sir. I'm from the electric company. You owe me more money because you have to heat your house. I notice your shingles are starting to show a little wear. You better get a new roof before the cold winter gets here. Ka-ching! And you better give me a few hundred dollars to inspect your chimney or else your house is going to burn down. Then you'll really be surrounded by fall. It never ends. And you know what I hate the most about fall? It's time to go back to school! But, Mr. Crank... You don't go to school. You haven't been back to school in decades. You're too old. Yeah, but I still have nightmares about it. They never fade away. Welcome back to school, class. No more running around barefoot. No more playing with your friends. And no more fun. It's nothing but reading, writing, and arithmetic for the next ten months. No! Make her stop! Don't let her ruin my life again! Don't make me go back to school! Mr. Crank, get a grip. You don't have to go back to school. It was just some psychosomatic flashback from your traumatic youth. See? It's all part of the fall conspiracy. You're beginning to lose it, Mr. Crank. You need something to distract you from your dark thoughts. Look outside. Aren't the fall colors beautiful? All I see are living things getting cold and getting ready to die. It's nothing but death and destruction out there. Maybe you should go somewhere inside where you don't have to see fall. Why don't you go shopping at the mall? Are you kidding? You know what they have at the mall as soon as fall starts? Christmas stuff. Santa Claus is there. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. And what do you want to see under the tree this year, little boy? I'd like to see you stick to your own holiday, Tubby. Get out of here. Speaking of holidays, what about Thanksgiving, Mr. Crank? That's part of fall. Isn't that something you look forward to? Yeah, just what I need. Another excuse to eat too much, get heartburn, and gabe five pounds. Well, what about Election Day? Doesn't that make you feel patriotic and important? No. It makes me feel like I've never seen such a pack of worthless bums in my life. Columbus Day? Ha! 
So he discovered America. Big deal. It's not like I was missing or something. Well, Mr. Crank, you're just a barrel of laughs today, aren't you? Here's something to cheer you up. Winter's only a few months away. Winter? I hate winter. Snow, ice, frostbite, scraping the windshield, shoveling the driveway, pneumonia. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Well, I wrote my letter, did you? Yes, I wrote my letter, too. Good. Yeah, it was hard to do. I know, but it's for the best. I know, you're right. Is this okay? No one's going to care what you're wearing. I know, but I don't want them to say I was sloppy. You look fine. Okay. Huh, you certainly didn't dress up. I've got clothes on, don't I? I know, but at least you could have worn a tie. No one is going to care whether or not I'm wearing a tie. Well, I hope you have clean undergarments on. <sighs> Let's get this over with, huh? You're right. Are you sure we're doing the right thing? Sis, we talked about this. I know, but are we doing the right thing? Look, your husband died six months ago, right? Right. And my wife died last year, right? Right. We're both miserable, right? Yes, I guess. But maybe it's... Look, sis, I'm your older brother. You know I wouldn't steer you wrong. I know. We've both lived long lives. Yes. We're both tired. Yes. We can end our misery by doing this. I know, but... But, but what? Well, what if we could live our lives again, you know, go out and be happy? Sis, we're in our 70s. Who can we meet? Well, the widow Fleischman down the street is in her early 80s, and she still plays canasta and is dating Mr. Shepfeld. You want to date again? After 55 years of marriage? Mm, of course not. Well, then? Okay, you're right. Let's do this. Good. I put the coffee table by the window so we can stand on it. Good thinking, sis. It's easier to climb on the window ledge. Do you think we're high enough? I don't want to just break a leg. We're up ten flights. think that should be good enough. After you... Good thing you have French windows opening up onto the street. This way we can both jump out together, side by side, hand in hand, and end this miserable life. Ah, <sighs> yes. Oh, ow, ow. Hey, come on. I thought you lost weight. You must have gained weight. We should have measured the window to see if we could both fit out it. Now you think of this. It's your window and your fat keister. My fat keister? Really, fatso? Who's stuffing their face out of self-pity, hmm? I never had the weight problem in the family, now did I? You are so cruel. You know what? I wouldn't be caught dead committing suicide with you. There you go again, never sticking to a commitment. Me not sticking to a commitment? I'm the one who moved the coffee table, didn't I? You didn't even put on a tie. Get out of my way. Where are you going? Over to the Widow Fleischman's. Maybe I can still join her canasta club. I'm in studio with Brad Merrill. 
a very talented young man who has just released an album called Burdens of Being a Person, and he is in his own self-band called Shark in a Puddle. Every single song on here is amazing. You are a talent at the young age of 20, and I can say that because I'm in my mid-50s and you're like a son to me, or my son's age, actually. And you play everything. You play the guitar and you have the vocals and the mandolin and the keyboards and drums and you wrote the lyrics and the melody and I could go on. But uh, each of these songs are like a little jewel in themselves. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, because at such a young age to come up with over you know, a dozen songs on an album, and each one good, did you ever take lessons? No, I've never had any music lessons. When I was a little kid, I had some piano lessons, but that didn't really take me anywhere. I started playing guitar about three years ago. I decided I should know how to play an instrument. Music was like a big part of my life. And so I started playing guitar and just tried making little songs for myself. Just recently, I decided I should actually start letting other people hear this too. Now, I'd like to talk about the first song we're going to be listening to, and it is called Every Day. Tell me something about this particular song. Uh, This is actually the earliest song on the album. It's the uh, first one that I wrote. And it sounds the most upbeat of all the songs on there. It's it's many people's favorite. It's sort of about running out of ways to explain myself or just kind of not knowing how to describe something like what I'm doing with this song right now. Every day. See your ID? Here you are. Thank you. Here. Thank you. Welcome to Skyway Air. Thanks. Thanks. 
Row 9AB is on your left. Oh, and there's a spot across the aisle. Put your bag up there. Okay. Oh, wow. What did you put in this thing? Well, honey, I need clothing for a week. I had to stuff it all in one bag. Sir, you need to get out of the aisle so the other passengers can be seated. I'm sorry. All done. I think you're sitting on my seatbelt. Oh, sorry. Here. Thank you. Oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, could you help me with my bag? Oh, um, oh, sure. Thanks. <clears throat> sure, no problem. Did you see that? What? She has a baby. Oh, so? He's cute. You know how I feel about babies on a plane. Oh, honey, it'll be okay. Well, I hope so. He's cute. Yeah, I guess he's cute. Oh, relax, honey. I just hate flights. Well, you have five hours till we get to L.A., so try to ease up. Welcome to Skyway Air. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please stow your carry-on luggage underneath the seat in front of you or in an overhead bin. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. And also make sure that your seat back and folding trays are in And I kill that baby. Her, keep it down. The mother will hear you. That baby's been crying since five minutes after we took off. I know, but I'm sure he'll stop soon. I can't take it. It's been two hours. What are you doing? Calling the flight attendant. Yes, sir. Can you do anything about that baby? What do you mean, sir? The crying. The crying. Make it stop. And what do you suggest, sir? I don't know. Give it a sedative. A sedative? Herb! Can't you say anything to the mother? Can't you move her someplace else? I'm sorry, sir. The flight is filled to capacity. Why don't I get you another gin and tonic? Yes. Yes, make that a triple gin and tonic. Excuse me, sir. Yes? I I'm sorry. Uh, could you pick up that toy by your foot? The baby dropped it, and I, I can't reach. Um, sure. Say, lady... Can't you do anything about your kid? What do you mean? I mean, don't you have a pacifier or something in that big bag I put in the overhead? I'm sorry that my little boy is bothering you, mister. What would you like me to do, huh? You want me to throw him off the airplane? Tie a parachute on the baby and chuck him out the hatch? Is that what you want me to do? I bet you love that. No, that's silly. Maybe a muzzle is a better idea for both of you. Honey... I'm sorry, ma'am. My, my husband never speaks that way. Please, keep it down. The people are starting to complain. Exactly. No, sir, not about the baby. You. What? Here's your gin and tonic. Now, is there anything else I can get you? <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 I'm so sorry, sir. I never knew my baby could project that far. Just give me a towel. I hate babies on planes. Hello, welcome to Message Tone. We are a full-service company offering different phone message tones. Why change the words when you can simply change the attitude? Here's a sample, regular tone. Hello, I am busy and not available to take your call right now. Please leave your name, number, and time you called. I will get back to you soon. Attitude Tone 
Hi. I'm busy and not available to take your call right now. Please leave your name, number, and time you called. I'll get back to you soon. Whiny tone. Hello. I'm busy and I'm not available to take your call right now. Please leave your name and your number and the time that you called. I'll get back to you soon. Hey, and how about an Uncle Vinny tone? Hey, hello. I'm busy and not available to take your call right now. So, hey, leave your number, your name, and the time you called, and I'll get back to you whenever, okay? Sultry Tone Hello. I'm busy and not available to take your call right now, but please leave your name, number, and the time you called. I'll get back to you soon. Um, bored and distracted tone. Uh, hello, I'm busy, not a available to take your call right now. Please leave your name, number, and time you call. I'll get back to you soon. Sultry May West. Hello, I'm busy and not available to take your call right now. Please leave your name, number, and the time you called. I'll get back to you soon. Male Sultry. Hello. I'm busy and not available to take your call right now. Please leave your name, number, and time you called, and I'll get back to you soon. So, get your message tones today and pick your attitude. Marge, put these books back on the shelves. I already marked them back on the computer. Sure. Certainly not the classics. Who would read this nonsense? Welcome to Temptation, Redeeming Love, Virgin River. <laughs> Give me the Antigone or Ulysses any time over this. Excuse me, but I was watching you put back books and I was wondering... She saw the tall, dark man walk up to her. His eyes burning passion, his breath heavy with desire. She knew he was bad for her, but she wanted to caress his muscular arms, tear the flannel off his perspiring Motorcycles. <clears throat> I'm sorry? I was asking where the section on different types of motorcycles are. Oh, well, well that's in the nonfiction area. Here, I... I'll show you. Pretending to ignore him, she walks with a deliberate, slow, and sultry sway. He is dizzy with desire. His animal magnetism is on fire. His control slips, pulling her tightly in the folds of his big, sweaty... Lady, are you okay? <laughs> huh? Yeah, walking kind of funny, just like my Uncle Charlie before he had a seizure. You need some water or something? Young man, I can assure you I'm fine. This section here has reference books on motorcycles. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Get a life, man-child. 
Where did these people come from? Typical nerd. Probably just crawled out of his mother's basement. Oh well. <laughs> Would you look at the title of this one? Lord Perfect. Excuse me, dear. Yes? Could you please direct me? Oh, dear. Obviously, this woman is attracted to me. Look at those panther eyes, peeling my thin chiffon blouse off my innocent, moist, voluptuous upper torso. The way she licks her quivering red lips, hardly able to contain her warm kisses on the nape of my neck. She... She moves closer, so close, I can smell the pheromones through the pores on her glistening... Are you all right, Marge, dear? Pardon? Can I get some water or something for you? You look like you're going to pass out. Whatever do you mean, Mrs. Whitman? How is your husband, Pastor Whitman? Fine, Alice. Just fine. And your mother? She's good. Still living in her basement, Marge? Her main floor? And yes, yes, I am, Mrs. Whitman. Well, <laughs> so where is the travel section, Marge? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mrs. Whitman. Uh, two aisles down. Thank you, dear. Mm, coming to church on Sunday. I've been coming to hear Pastor Whitman's sermons for over 45 years. Of course you have. Oh, well, then, we shall see you. <coughs> she could hear the pastor walking with an obvious limp. He stopped so close. She could feel the pages of the New Testament rustle by her lower back. He was 80, but he knew his way around the territory of the round curves of a woman. She could sense his feeble but hard body against her back, his old muscular arthritic hand slowly gliding up her. Marge, Marge. Uh, what is it, Bob? Your mother's on the phone. What does she want? She said to stop by the market before coming home. Your cats need fresh litter for their box. <sighs> and now, two men we found on the streets claiming they could do one-liners. Monty and Carrie. Hey, Monty. The guy just asked me for a small donation to help the community swimming pool. What'd you give him? Glass of water. Hey, Carrie, isn't it great that the colors red, white, and blue stand for freedom? Sure, unless you see them flashing in your rearview mirror. Hey, Monty, you think I'm getting fat? Nah, you're just getting easier to see. Illusions is a song that I think reflects a lot of your persona, the way you bring out this actual album, the idea behind the album. It reminds me a little of the stories behind Perks of a Wallflower, like I was saying, Catcher of the Rye. The type of angst that a young person would have and does have 
I don't know many young people who don't have the angst of a life, of, of what it's all about. Tell me about Illusions. Um, Illusion is sort of an abstract song. It's sort of about how we could all be just living in a dream or just be part of a story. I tried to make an album a while back about subconscious thinking, but um, this is the only song from that that I ended up liking, so it made it way onto this album instead. But I think it definitely fits with the theme of this one, and it's about a few things. But I think it's probably my favorite from the album. It's a very beautiful song. So let's listen to Illusions. So that's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. (laughs) 
Ma. Hi, Alice. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Well, you don't look like it's nothing. Well, I didn't want to mention it, but it's your cousin Margaret. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't take too long. What's wrong with Margaret? What do you mean you knew it wouldn't take too long? I mean she's only been in the house for two weeks, and you already found fault with her? Well, when I told her she could stay for a few months until her divorce was finalized, I, I didn't know her habits. What habits? Well, first of all, she never stops eating. What? She's a pig. She's always munching on something. Well, she's probably upset because of the divorce. Exactly. No wonder her husband left her. I hope you're not going to say this to her. Ruth, where's the salami? You see, she even ate your father's salami. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. What? Oh, never mind. I don't know where your salami is, Stanley. Check the meat drawer. It's not here. Is anything wrong? Oh, <laughs> Margaret, dear. No, no, nothing is wrong. Stanley was looking for the cold cuts. The salami? I'm sorry I ate it. What did I tell you? Oh, my lord. Well, there were only a few slices left. I'll go out later and buy more. Oh, oh, that's okay, Margaret. Stanley can stand to lose a few pounds. What? Nothing, Stanley. I told Margaret not to bother replenishing the salami supply. Why not? She might as well. And when you do, make yourself even more useful and get a quart of chocolate milk. Alice, may I talk to you? Sure. What's up, Margaret? Well, this is embarrassing, but do you know where your mom keeps the plunger? Too much salami. What? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> it should be under the bathroom sink next to the Drano and the Metamucil. Mm, thanks. What did she want now? The plunger. That's the other thing I was going to mention. She's always on the can. Ma. Don't tell her I told you, but I never saw anyone use it so often. I really don't want to hear this. Well, you better call Howard because I'm sure that plunger is not going to work. Call me for what? Oh, honey, you arrived just in time to unclog the toilet for Ma. And I'm turning around and leaving. Don't you dare leave, Howard. Your father-in-law does not know the first thing about plumbing. Where are my sun chips? What? My sun chips. Where are my sun chips? They're probably clogging the can as we speak. Uh, does anyone know how to keep the water from overflowing? I'm on it. <laughs> What's so funny? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, this couldn't happen to a better family. You're an idiot. What? It's funny. And you have got to find another place. What? I can't afford you, Margaret. I don't care if you are my brother's daughter. May he rest in peace. But you need to move in with Alice. Me? We discussed this, Dad. We don't have any extra space. No, no. That's okay. I have my girlfriend, Sheila, who said I could move in if I needed to. I'll give her a call. There's the phone. Well, no worries. The piping is now clear. Let's go, Howard. Uh, where are we going? We're going to ditch the estrogen and go to Sal's pub down the street. 
Maybe I can get a salami sandwich on rye, some sun chips, and a beer. saga ends again for now but join us next time for the dysfunctionals is this on oh, okay <clears throat> hi This is Mitch the Poodle, and this is my segment of the show that I call The World as I See It. So I'm not a political poodle, okay? And my mom has told me that her show tries to tread lightly where politics are concerned. But I'm sorry. As a member of the canine viewership, I feel I have the responsibility to speak up. The topic is about... Political issue information. Um, where do you find it? I mean, I hear so many sides to a political story uh, that one story could become a series unto itself. I keep hearing about who did what, where, and why. And then I hear that, no, they didn't do it, didn't know about it, and they never even heard of it. This keeps going back and forth. All of a sudden, you have people coming out of the woodworks taking each candidate's side. And before you know it, it's a big battle royale breaking out. Finally, we find out everyone is lying in some degree. But if you say it enough times, the story will stick in the mind of the public. So then mom goes to various news sources to get a clearer understanding of the issue du jour. And there are 100 various answers to the same story. Oh, okay, maybe I'm exaggerating with the 100 part. Go check it out. You'll, you'll find 100 variations. <laughs> there you go again. <laughs> that was an attempt at being funny. <clears throat> anyway, so... Here is how I translate this into poodle terms to clarify my dilemma. There is this dog park, okay? And there are many dogs. Picture this, a Shih Tzu, a Dachshund, a Highland Terrier, a couple of mixed breeds. Well, you get the picture. Each of them have a person that they bring along with them. Follow me so far, right? Dog park, 100 dogs with matching person combo. Then someone steps into something unmentionable. Um, you know what I mean? It's soft. Sometimes it's hard, I guess, but it could be brown, usually. Um, sometimes it has this greenish, depending on the grass. Um, well, anyway, it's usually not the pet's paws that get messy and step into it. It's the other half's footwear. Um, you know, leather, canvas, that kind of stuff. Anyway... It smells fine to us, really, uh, but it doesn't smell good to them. Oh, I'm sorry. I digress because the smell is not the issue here. It is the fact of who did it and who left it. 
all of a sudden, you have a ruckus in the dog park. Uh, there is the you did it, did not accusation. And then there is the I saw it, how could you see it when I didn't do it theme. The size and the freshness issue. <laughs> and my favorite, go home, soak your head, and get a life data. Now, although there is an element of truth to this argument thing, it's more emotional. And if you say it convincingly enough and often, the factual truth does not matter. <laughs> and the story stinks, in my poodle opinion anyway. I have never seen anyone call a forensic specialist or a person who does radiometric age dating. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That would be too difficult and, frankly, time-consuming, I guess. Besides, who would believe research-proven facts anyway? <laughs> She's, what am I thinking? Poodles think differently, okay? And, frankly, my two-legged cohorts must know what they're doing, right? So I'll end by saying that the truth, I guess, is out there, but currently we can trust no one. I'm not making this up. I, I surveyed 100 poodles. Really, I did. Anyway, this is Mitch the Poodle, and this really is as political as I get. Thank you for listening to my segment called The World As I See It. Now, next I'd like to talk about a song for Liz. Uh, this obviously was written for someone, or am I just yes. assuming? Yes, this is for my friend Liz. I wrote this because she was just going through a rough time. Her boyfriend had broken up with her and told her that he was gay, and she just had moved to a new school and didn't have many friends, and her former best friend had moved away and broke off communication. And so I decided I would write her this song to try to make her feel better. And so it ends up really being the song in the album that is sort of saying that you should feel better instead of just... And did you make her feel saying, better? Saying all the bad things. Yeah, I think I, think I did, in some way. And I, I really think, by listening to this, that it must have been a gift when you handed this to her. I really do. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to Song for Liz. Alone again inside a storm of stupid thoughts and savage swords that sting inside your teary eyes and break the view of starry skies that shower down upon your head. Winter comes when the summer sun is dead. Oh, the emptiness of artichokes, bodies made from frilly folks have left you standing on the street. Internal wars that can't be beat, intentions of a greater past sing through swings and frolic through the grass. Left her lights off in the living room to show she isn't home You'll never be abandoned by the ones who know what it's like to be alone Oh, listen to the words I say through saddened eyes on Saturdays The autumn leaves are falling down, soon they'll learn to leave this town So don't believe the things you say, I know you know you'll find a friend someday Oh, and the carnivals are spinning still Carousel 
bells and wedding bells and sirens sounding through the night. They all awake the morning light, so think the thoughts of green, not gray. The darkness dies at the dawn of every day. Left your life inside the garden Full of grass all overgrown Never be abandoned by the ones Who know what it's like to be alone Hey Carrie, you know the old saying Money talks? Yeah, I know, but all mine ever says is goodbye. Hey, Monty, you started out in life with nothing, right? Sure did, and I still have most of it left. Hey, Carrie, I've learned to never laugh at my wife's choices. You shouldn't. You're one of them. Hey, boss, you got a minute? I'm trying to eat, but yeah, Muggsy, what do you want? I just bought me a new pair of pants. Yeah? So? You got new pants. What of it? Well? Well what? I want to know what you think. What do you mean, what do I think? They're pants. Yeah. I already said, yeah, what? Muggsy, what do you want? And what are you just standing there for? Oh, I need you to take a good look, boss. The pants, boss. The pants. Muggsy. I'm looking at the pants for crying out loud. The nice-looking pants. What? Well, you know, they feel good and all, and I like them, but, uh... But what? Muggsy, I told you I like them. What more do you want? Yeah, I know they look good. That's why I bought them. Hey, why on earth would I buy pants I don't like? That would be stupid, wouldn't it, to buy pants I didn't like? You calling me stupid? No, boss, you're not stupid. Hey, even if you were, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, that would be stupid, huh? Yeah, that would be stupid. Yeah, sure would, boss. Are you stupid, Muggsy? Uh, no, I don't think so. Why are you asking? No reason. And why are you still looking at me like that? The pants. Here we go with the pants again. What about the stupid pants? Settle down, boss. You don't got to get upset about my pants. They're just pants. I'm trying real hard here, but you ain't making it easy for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got it, boss. But it ain't so much about the pants, you know? Okay, Muggsy. Why don't you come out and tell me what it's really all about? Why, you gonna make me say it? Come on, boss, it's embarrassing. I don't care if it's embarrassing. I just want to finish my meal sometime today, so out with it. Otherwise, I'm going to get Vito here to whack your stupid ass. You want me to give the word to Vito? I'll give him the word right now. You want that? Huh? No, of course not. It's just the... Hey, Vito! You want to whack Muggsy? No, boss. I don't want to whack Muggsy. I like him. He's like a brother to me. And he buys me donuts every Monday morning. I like it when he buys me donuts. But you're the boss, and I'll, I'll do it if you tell me I have to. Vito! Sorry, Muggsy. You know the boss. Uh, he's the boss. Yeah, I know. This mean you're not going to buy me donuts anymore? Nah, you're still going to get your donuts, Vito. Don't worry about it. Every Monday, just like you always do. Unless you whack me and you don't get no donuts. That's just the way it goes. 
You're not really going to make me whack Muggsy, are you, boss? I'm going to have you both whacked if you don't shut up and get the hell out of here. Now go! I want to eat my meal. Muggsy, I thought I told you to get out of here. What? Okay, I'll say it. Say what? About the pants. I'll say it. That they make my butt look big. Because I'm thinking they do, but I can't really tell for sure. That's why I asked. Ah, Muggsy. I'm trying to eat here and you ain't helping. Hey, since my appetite's now ruined, you hungry? You want this? Sure, boss. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Thanks. Well, forget about it. It'll just end up on your hips and you'll end up having to take those nice pants back. Now get out of here. Oh, so you like the pants? Vito! Okay, boss, I'm going. Hey, I gotta stop by my mother's house and show her my new pants anyway. She ain't seen them yet. Think she'll like them? Vito! First of all, before we end this interview, I want to thank you very much for being on my program. It's been an honor and always is an honor to meet someone who is truly a genuinely born talent. Tell me about Remember Me. This is sort of like the closest to what you would call a love song, but it's not exactly, but it definitely can be perceived that way. This is the one that I had to warn my grandmother about so that she didn't think I had anything wrong with me and that I was fine. First of all, before we play Remember Me, I just wanted to again plug this wonderful album called Burdens of Being a Person. There will be a link on Brad's Facebook page that we have on our website, and all he is asking for is a token of your donation, your how much you love his music. Pay accordingly. He didn't put a price on his songs, and I guess that means that they're priceless. His site is on our site, Under Musicians. And now listen to Remember Me. And again, Brad, thank you very much for being on our show. It's wonderful speaking with you. I know you don't feel the same way as I do When we both share a shadow the sun itself drew And I wish that we could let it live on someday Though I know that the world doesn't work out that way Still I hoped you'd imagine A world where it's weak Cause it's lonely inside When it's always just me Though I almost once wished that I could forget you I knew in my heart it could never come true So I'll write a song Before it's all gone And I wish that the window wouldn't open so fast And let out all the things that I love from the past and I'll hold this moment together today With the hope that soon everything will be okay But nothing is certain, not even time So don't try to change it, don't try to rewind And tell me right now that you won't forget me So I know that I'll live on in your memory Why should I care if the rest all forget me? I don't even care for myself I don't know what 
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega, my musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We'd love to have you and share our Parlor City. Again now to KB Cabaret.